In planning for retirement, there are many strategies that can generate your income. If maintaining your current lifestyle is a goal, stick around. On today's podcast, we'll outline several ways to find the best retirement income that can help you achieve that goal. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Welcome into the podcast, Money Matters USA, with Fred Sade, founder and managing director of his firm of the same name, Money Matters USA, a fiduciary firm, and also Fred, a fiduciary and holding a PhD in economics from Duke University. We're going to get into retirement income and more, plus Stump the Guru on the show today. And I will remind you, uh, Fred's website is moneymattersusa.net. And if you click podcast, not only can you hear past podcasts, but also there's that's that's where you can click Stump the Guru, submit your question to Fred. It could really pay off for you. That's at MoneyMattersUSA.net. Hello, Fred. How are you? I'm great, Dave. How are you? Very good. Very good. Very I'll very see if we can good. stump you today. I I don't know. We haven't been able to do that yet. But, Somebody uh, will. Somebody yeah. will. You know, the funny thing is I'm getting a lot of questions about IRAs and, and Roths. And, and I suppose there's a lot of, you know, conversation about it and a lot of stuff on the, you know, on the internet. And there's also a lot of confusion because I'm getting questions not only from individuals, you know, but also from, you know, some advisors who really don't do a lot of planning. Uh, uh, and, you know, and they're confused. And, and it's no wonder because the, IRS made this thing brutally complicated with all sorts of new terminology. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Congress punted and they chose not to clean it up. So we're left with the IRS's um, terminology and the confusion continues. And I tell you, in, even in, in overall retirement planning, it can seem confusing. It can even seem overwhelming. What do you do? You, you've got all, all that you saved in for retirement. How do mm -hmm. you turn that into income, Fred? What, what does retirement income look like? Well, there's two kinds of income. That's you at work or your money at work. And when you are no longer working and your money is working for you, that's the source of, uh, of the income that you're going to receive. Uh, that's your money at, at work. And for those people who have a pension, that's, you know, wonderful. Uh, unfortunately, not that many folks do have pensions. So mainly it's going to be Social Security uh, taking income from your 401k, IRA, or whatever your at work uh, retirement uh, account uh, uh, was, and uh, perhaps uh, you're you're going to have um, the opportunity of uh, to tap the equity in your home by using a, a home equity 
uh, line. You may use annuities uh, for income. You may also uh, take tax-free withdrawals uh, from uh, life insurance. So uh, those are those are the primary sources mm-hmm. of, of income. I, I think for most, you know, people the the super high net worth uh, individuals are going to have other sources uh, of of income. But the if I could put it this way, the you know average uh, person, let's say with uh, you know five hundred, six hundred uh, thousand, maybe a million dollars, and you know, in their retirement accounts, these, these are the primary uh, sources mm-hmm. of retirement uh, income. And um, when you're looking, when you're looking at retirement income, you really have to think about what, what, how would you define your expenses? And you, you, you would. It's easy to put them into two categories. I know some people are going to put them into four or more. You, you can make this complicated. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you have needs and you have wants. And your, your needs are going to be such as, um, you know, rent, mortgage, taxes, groceries, uh, medical expenses. Those are, those are all uh, examples of, of what you need to pay. You, you might need gasoline for your car or your truck. Uh, and then you have the wants. That, those are the things that you would like to do. So maybe you would like to travel. And uh, that can be paid for, uh, you know, with uh, portfolio earnings. Maybe it's dividend stocks. Um, and maybe it's gifts to your to your grandkids for their, for their birthday. Maybe you want to do something else uh, for them, pay, pay a bill for them. Uh, whatever, whatever it might be, but you need to. You, you've got fixed expenses, and there needs to be a guaranteed income to meet those expenses. It's no different than running uh, a company. You you have certain bills that you know are coming in every month, and you have to have the income available to meet those bills because those are the things that you really can't uh, really can't control. Uh, other things that are more variable, uh, then you you have control uh, over them. So that that's how I yeah. would uh, look at it. And people working with you when they come to you, um, you of course take a very custom approach with them. And even in assessing their risk tolerance, what is that process like? Okay, um, risk tolerance is uh, very very interesting, and uh, the way I look at it is uh, how much risk tolerance is really a measurement of how much loss a person is willing to take or if you like, tolerate stomach. I mean, at, w- at what point uh, do you do a gut check and say, I can't stand it anymore? That's what risk tolerance uh, is, is all about. And, and we use a psychometric uh, process to, to measure uh, risk tolerance. And we, uh, we have a scale of 1 to 100, and we can generate through algorithms a, a, a number. Now, uh, I said we use psychometric testing, and that immediately should tell you that uh, there is a fair amount of subjectivity in risk tolerance, and risk tolerance can change uh, over over time. So uh, all of this may sound, um, you know, kind of kind of strange, uh, but it, but it isn't because we also can um, try to find another way to supplement. Uh, risk tolerance, 
because risk tolerance is changeable, is there another way to measure uh, something that is not changeable, that has more c consistency over time? And this, this um, is an objective, more objective measurement, very difficult to do, but it is, it is, called, um, it is called risk capacity. And um, where we can measure risk tolerance and create a score, both for, the, for how much risk you're willing to take, and then we can create a risk score within the portfolio and match the two. So we can tell you whether or not you're, you're in or out uh, of uh, your, your risk tolerance zone. But we need some other, other uh, way to, to measure it. And that is, is uh, as I said, something that's, that's less changeable, it's more stable, and, um, and, and, it's more, and we can call, be, have something that's more qualified. So, and it's not based on psychology. So we want to look at, uh, we want to really look at your, the, the um, we, want, we want to look at some way to know um, that, that is not just related to the portfolio. And we want to look at your age, we want to look at your salary, we want to look at your savings, your retirement spending needs, your goals. Uh, and in, in other words, what I'm really saying is risk tolerance is related to downside loss. How, how, much, how much loss are you willing to accept? And risk capacity has no relationship to how much loss you're, you're willing to, to tolerate. So uh, in the software that we use, uh, we, we not only can have risk tolerance, uh, have a score, and then a portfolio score, but we can also convert risk capacity so that it has uh, it has a score. So what are we looking at? Again, we're, we're not looking at how much you're willing to lose, but rather at your personal financial situation, your income, how much you can save, your age, your retirement goal, and uh, and then it spits out a, a number, and that number is is an objective measurement uh, so we know how much personal risk uh, you can take based on what I just said, the, 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 your personal financial situation, your income, your ability to save age, retirement goals. And um, so it, it, it's built on a scale that is similar to, to risk tolerance and the portfolio risk measurement, and you can relate one uh, to, the, to the other. So... Uh, but if we if we use the two of them, so now we've got a mathematical model, and, it, and it's going to fit all of the criteria that I just outlined. And then you can you can make intelligent common sense recommendations uh, on on uh, you know on on the portfolio uh, and on the uh, individual. <clears throat> now uh, periodically, it makes sense to uh, retest. And, and to restructure to see uh, if if uh, if things have uh, you know have changed uh, over time, and so it may have changed. It may not have changed. There there are people who are risk takers all the way, and they're willing to tolerate a great deal uh, of loss. Um, on the other hand, there are people who are not inclined to take. Uh, much risk, uh, or or some don't want to take any risk, or they want to be in a very safe uh, environment. So all of this has to be taken into uh, consideration, 
uh, when you when you're working with uh, with someone and uh, the software that we use, <coughs> excuse me, is reflected in our red light in the dashboard program takes all of these and other considerations, but it takes these as core uh, considerations because we want to give people so, a, a coherent understanding, you know, of, of where they of where they are and help them to stop struggling uh, with uh, trying to figure out: Am I going to be okay? Will I will I run out of money? Uh, um, I'm using this or that free calculator, and I'm still worried. And you want to eliminate. Uh, all of that, uh, all of that stress. Can you be 100% accurate 100% of the time? No. There, there's always going to be an element of, you know, of un uncertainty, but you can eliminate most of the the uncertainty through the constancy of, of the of the planning process. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to do this every single year. Some years you may be looking at other issues. You may be looking at life issues. You may be looking at beneficiary issues, estate planning issues, health issues, frailty issues. Uh, and other years, you're you're looking at uh, these uh, portfolio uh, issues and your income source uh, issues, and that that's how, you know, that's that's how I I, I try to uh, do this. That that's what the process, our process, this red light or dashboard process, is uh, is, is all about. And if you divide uh, your your income sources, your investment sources into guaranteed. And uh, variable uh, guaranteed sources, probability-based uh, sources. Then, then you really have a handle on on what it is you're, you know, you're trying to uh, accomplish, ra rather than just rocking and rolling uh, with a highly volatile market. This this market, in my opinion, will not become any less volatile uh, during the course of this uh, year because of the juxtaposition of the federal what the federal reserve is doing uh and what the administration is doing uh in its fiscal policy and, and the the two are going in opposite uh directions and um the federal reserve uh, you know will, will do what it can do you know but basically it's got a hammer and and uh, and the problem looks like a nail, so it's going to be hammering, right. going to be hammering that nail, you know, into that piece of wood. Mm. And that piece of wood is the economy. They they just don't have, you know, a lot of tools. They they've got interest rates. They can play with the interest rates. They can have a lot of control uh, over interest rates. But we have to remember that we have a rate curve in, inversion, uh, and that's basically be, be the difference between the short term rate and the long term rate. And the Fed can have a lot of influence in targeting on that short-term uh, rate. The shorter the rate, the more influence the Federal Reserve uh, has. So these are these are all relevant uh, considerations. So um, I, I know that um, uh, if you are 100% market dependent, uh, you know you're you're in a variable income uh, situation. And we've talked about. Uh, uh, Professor Horstmeyer uh, at uh, uh, George Mason University, and um, uh, he he just did another uh, article. Uh, these are not peer-reviewed articles; it would take too long uh, for these to come out. He's written some, but but uh, he he does a monthly column uh, for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, oftentimes, it's, it it uh, will be in the digital edition. It doesn't always make print. And, and he just did a fascinating one that came out on March 2nd uh, in digital uh, form. 
And uh, you know, he what he's measuring is uh, is volatility, and uh, in which sectors uh, uh, of the uh, of the of the um, you know S and P you might be invested in, and then he's looking at asset allocations, and uh, and he's uh, dis- and he did a very good job uh, of disproving uh, the the idea that uh, that that you can that you can time risk. And and how and and this is this is uh, important because um, the portfolio portfolio allocations people think that you're going to you know, manage risk. What what you're really doing is dealing with more with volatility, uh, uh, rather rather than risk. And it's it's a it's a very good read. And if anybody wants the article, I'd be happy to uh, send it to them or, or have to do is uh, request it. So um, you know uh, the. Uh, the, 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 uh, the reason I mentioned Professor Horsmeyer, you know, is, is because of these asset allocations, you know, 50-50s, uh, uh, 75-25, 60-40, whatever, whatever your number, you know, happens to be. Uh, but he, he, he shows uh, that, uh, that, that, these are, that these allocations are misleading, and, and, he, and he explains why. Very, very, very well done. A piece of uh, research, and and it's not written in uh, an overly technical uh, way. It is re- read, written more for a mass uh, mass audience. It's, it's not a scholarly article, mm-hmm. but, but it has great value. Well, before we move on uh, to the next topic here, I'm um, just quickly uh, a couple of things in in making sure your money lasts. Should you look at possibly delaying? In other words, delaying your retirement age until at least oh, you absolutely. get full retirement, absolutely. and oh, then absolutely. also delaying Social Security too. Are those two to consider? Yeah, I mean, the single most important thing that you can do is delay retirement. There's mm-hmm. nothing more important than that. You you work you working an extra year or two or, or three if you if you can and socking money away and building up uh, uh, your assets. Uh, that is that's the most important thing you can do. I mean, you know, try, trying to uh, swing for the fences, you know, and and, uh, and you know, be in the home run hitting contest. Uh, you're not Babe Ruth. Uh, so I mean, uh, you, you really play. You're largely playing Pete Rose baseball, and that that's very effective. And Rose would have made the Hall of Fame, except as we all know, he you're right by gambling. Uh, but but that's really what you what you that's really what you're what you're playing. So yeah, yeah, working longer is the single most important thing you can do. Look, we urge people in in a coupled situation. We at least urge one member uh, of the of the uh, duo, uh, the one with the highest earnings to defer for the longest period of time. It doesn't have to be age 70 because, you know, you have to look at mortality and joint mortality because uh, you, have, you have to look at joint break even. Now, break even is impo- an important concept, but it's misused. In, in other words, w- when you're using break even, you're looking at Social Security as though it were an investment. It's not an investment. It, it is it is. A, um, you know, a, a, an annuity, mm-hmm. and you have to think of it as an annuity and not as an investment. So when you're looking at joint break-even, you're, you're looking you're looking at two lifetimes, and what's the maximum um, uh, withdrawal strategy, claiming strategy uh, for your Social Security annuity over to, over two lifetimes? And that's really what you're 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 looking at. So the, if the lowest earner 
claims early, you have you have a source of income. If if both if both spouses and I have a blog post on this, if both spouses uh, have income that's that's about the same, and they and they have the same uh, number, roughly the same number of years, it, then uh, it, you know then both of them can can defer, and then we need to have another an alternative source of income to plug the gap. And, you know, and this 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 is where the uh, your single premium immediate annuity is very very effective. So if you look at the sales right now, single premium immediate annuities and multi year guarantee annuities, income annuities, uh, they're they're off the charts right now. And the reason is that people are using them a for yield and and b uh, to to get immediate income, so they have a better strategy uh, in, in place. Uh, if 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 you claim early. You both claim early, and um, uh, and and right now the Social Security Administration for higher income people—that's who we're talking to uh, right now. Uh, male expectancy uh, right now is is 83. Female is 85 and a half, 80, 86. Uh, but if you can get out there, your chances of getting to 90, 95 uh, are are very good. 50 percent from there. We'll get to 90, and about a third will get to 95. Those are very good odds uh, in your favor. So you want to max the Social Security benefit. Now, I know that there's talk of Social Security becoming insolvent, uh, you know, but but that that's a lot of loose talk. But we're gonna we're gonna have effects uh, on Social Security, uh, and I'm I, and I've heard a lot of stuff being. Talked about we uh, and and there is a lot of conversation about Social Security right now, so I don't know what the fix is going to be. I, I know what's being talked about, but uh, but there will be some kind of fix. So let's not panic. I mean, our software shows a 24% reduction, uh, but that may never come to pass. But even if there is a reduction, it's a, you want to have a reduction from a higher level than having claiming early. And having it, uh, you know, and, and having a lower amount reduced. Uh, so, you know, that's that's my, you know, that's that's my take on uh, on on Social Security. Um, I haven't written a lot on Social Security lately. I did a blog post uh, uh, during the uh, last year. Uh, I want to want to before I do that, I, I want to see how it, it starts to shake out. Like I said, there's a lot of conversation. About it, and all of a sudden, it's now a serious uh, topic, uh, and it's a serious topic uh, because I, I think it's it's uh, got mixed in somehow with the uh, you know with the budgeting uh, and with the uh, running out of money and having to uh, lift the debt uh, ceiling. So I don't know what the horse trading is going to be like, but mm. uh, but I, but then again, I don't understand Washington. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who does really. Uh, we'll, we'll look at, after a very quick break here, we'll, we'll take a quick look at rollover, and then we'll get into Stump the Guru with Fred Sade. It's Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800 800- 
We're back with Money Matters USA, and yes, you can, no matter where you are, you can reach out to Fred Sade with a call to 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188, and also at his website, he was talking about the red light uh, program, red light on the dashboard. You can learn about that at moneymattersusa.net, and in a moment when we get to Stump the Guru, I'll tell you how you can submit your question to Fred Sade. Let's spend just a, a moment on the rollover, um, you know, most baby boomers, what is it, like 10,000 a day are retiring, and they have a lot of questions about, well, the 401K. Uh, maybe most of those come there. Uh, what it, the, And the question maybe to you is, what have you done with your accounts? Fred's going to look at the rollover, and maybe, maybe a good starting point you and I were talking in the break is, what is the difference between a rollover and a transfer? Okay, the transfer is uh, very simple to effect. You have the plan administrator uh, take the money that you want to (coughs) move from your, um, you know, ERISA account. Let's, for simplicity, let's just say it's a 401k plan and then transfer it to another institution. And that's a trustee or a to trustee transfer uh-huh. and there's no you know there's no taxes uh, on that uh, transfer and it's a, and it's very simple uh, to uh, to do to do that and um, then you open up say it's an IRA account or say it's a Roth account that's the transfer the rollover is you take the distribution in other words the administrator cuts you a check and you have 60 days to do something with it. Now, we usually uh, advise people to go to their neighborhood bank and create a conduit IRA account. Now, there's an issue here because technically speaking, there is withholding that has to be done uh, on that uh, transaction, and you want to get it in and done uh, within within 60 uh, days. Now, if you open the conduit account, you should be able to avoid the withholding. You may not be able to. Some institutions will insist on the withholding. You you when you file your income tax return, you you would make a claim. And, and get the money back that you uh, withheld. It was withheld. Now the other point is that you can, um, and this is a point of confusion. The U.S. Supreme Court uh, limited uh, rollovers to one per year. Now that does not mean the calendar year. It, it means the transaction year. So if you did the, if you did a rollover uh, on April, you know, 29th, of 2023, your calendar, your year runs to April 29th, 2024. It has nothing to do with the with the calendar, uh, and these these are very very uh, simple uh, to do. Now, the other great thing about about doing transfers is there there is no uh, cap whatsoever on Roth on Roth transfers. And so if if you get um, capped out uh, on trying to do an individual Roth, you would not be capped out 
by by doing the transfer. This this is any number can play uh, on on a transfer. So that's that's important to bear that uh, in mind. You don't want to make a mistake uh, on on the uh, on the calendar year. That that's something that you should uh, keep a record of, or your advisor should keep, or your broker, or your insurance agent. Somebody should have the record because you don't want to violate it. There are penalties uh, for doing that. Well, Fred can talk to you about what strategies, of course, overall work best for you. Uh, You can schedule a consultation. It can be done virtually. Again, the number is 800-593-8188. The the website, moneymattersusa.net. Click podcast. Not only can you scroll through and uh, and, check out the the write-up and the titles of all these podcasts we've done, uh, well over a year now. I think we're on podcast 84 right now. Right. So there's a lot of them. Uh, and also you can you can stump the guru. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> Submit that question to Fred. Actually, a couple of ways to do that at moneymattersusa.net. Uh, on the podcast drop down, you'll see it, stump the guru. You can also connect with Fred on LinkedIn to do that. And Fred, um, we haven't been stumped yet, but you'll make it worth someone's while even if you don't stump you if they don't stump you but just if you answer their question on on the show on the podcast we're going to do our eventually somebody will stump me yeah well um, i think so you know, stump, uh, stumping me means that i i have to do the i have to do research to uh-huh. answer your question because i don't know the answer off top of my head okay so okay once you once i have to do research you have qualified you have stumped me you know, that's what's made it so hard now for, I know, radio stations who do trivia is they have to get really creative in how the trivia question they may ask because it's just so e- easy to get the answer now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but here we got, we got two now. We got two for you today. The first one is this. This is the second marriage for both myself and my husband. We have our own assets and decided to keep them separate. Now, we file our taxes as married filing single. I've been reading about the use of Roth IRAs and thought I'd use this that strategy to reduce my taxes in retirement. I call my CPA for advice on how to proceed. He told me since my income is over $10,000, I'm ineligible for a Roth. Is he correct? Okay. Yeah. You see, yeah, your CPA is absolutely uh, correct, but there is a workaround. And um, I'm surprised that he didn't mention it or she didn't mention it to you. Mm-hmm. So the workaround is simply open up a non-deductible IRA and then convert from the non-deductible IRA into an individual Roth IRA. This strategy is still available. Uh, because the original Secure Act and Secure Act 2.0 left this strategy uh, untouched. It, okay. it is open and available. Okay, so that is available for you. Um, so good. Hey, thanks so much for the question. And yes, you have a CPA. And I guess the question for you would be, do you have uh, someone working with you in a fiduciary manner and getting all your retirement strategies together? Fred would be certainly happy to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, too, and submitting the question. Question number two. We live in New York, which, as you know, is a high tax state. We're considering relocating to a low tax or even maybe no income tax state. Now, I've been doing some research uh, on the internet and i'd like for you to clarify for me if possible if such a move if it's always favorable from a tax standpoint well 
You know, that that's an outstanding question. It's a great question because people assume for the sake of argument that if you go from point A to point B, and point A has a high high income taxes and, and state B, point B, has no income tax or very low income tax, you benefit automatically. Well, that's not necessarily true. If a state does not uh, have an income tax, it's probably going to levy other taxes. It still has to run the government and it still has to provide services. So my suggestion is you need to or should consider what is the total tax burden that you as a New York resident and taxpayer have to face versus the tax burden that you would be facing in the other state. Now, here are some other things. As some states tax Social Security, and they also tax retirement income plan distributions, some tax dividends, some tax interest. Uh, some have very high property taxes. Some states have high sales taxes. And even counties and municipalities have add-on uh, sales taxes, and some of them even have their own capital gains taxes. Certainly, uh, towns usually don't, but some cities, like New York City, has a capital gains tax. New York State has a capital gains tax. Uh, gasoline taxes could be uh, a major uh, issue, uh, and, and, I, and would depend on how much driving. Let's say you live, you pick a rural area in order to get to the town center or to where their shopping is. You you have to drive for half an hour, so you you've got to look at you've got to look at that. So all in all, I think you have to do a tax a tax analysis, and you need to see uh, if you're better off changing your your tax state uh, residence, and so. You could, uh, you may benefit, uh, but you may also want to um, relocate for part of the year to another state and keep your tax residence uh, unchanged. I, I don't know. Everything would depend on the uh, analysis. And I would also suggest you might want to consult a professional, tax professional, that specialize in negotiating tax relocation. Sometimes you need to, depending on your the amount of income and your assets and how much revenue the state is getting in, you may have to have somebody who is skilled at this to negotiate your tax exit. And sometimes you can get out cleanly over, you know, immediately. Sometimes it could be one, two, three years to do it. And other times you cannot. Sometimes you've got two states that may be, or multiple states that are claiming it was taxed. Uh, resident. So um, if this is a really outstanding question. I, I just want to mention parenthetically that we do have tax analysis software and we can measure the, the impact uh, and the considerations uh, both for taxes, for Roths, uh, for tax relocation. And uh, we do work with some uh, tax relocation uh, specialists. So uh, we we can we can help if if you if you want our help. Yeah, <laughs> if uh, not, that's absolutely. okay. Keep on trying to stop me. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, please do, and I'll tell you again how to do that. But eight hundred five nine three eighty one eighty eight for Fred. 800-593-8188. Now, if you want to submit your question and try to stump Fred, uh, he is the retirement guru yeah, here. So he's the guru you're stumping. You can connect with Fred on LinkedIn, Fred Saide, S-A-I-D-E. You can also just go to the uh, website, moneymattersusa.net, click uh, podcast, drop down, and you'll see it. Stump the guru. Uh, send that question in, and thank you so much, 
for the questions. This has really been a hit now. We just, uh, I'm waiting eagerly for the day someone does stump you, Fred. It's going to happen. happen. Now, you know a lot now. You know a lot. So I'm going to be duly impressed. (laughs) <laughs> if they do. <laughs> uh, but Fred, great podcast as always. Great conversation. Oh, yeah. Enjoyed it. And as long as we keep on enjoying it, we're going to keep on doing them. And stay with us on Money Matters USA and visit the website moneymattersusa.net. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.